thank you. This is the most fun church I think we've been in since we left the last time. I know it was the most fun Sunday school class that I've been in. And think all the kids have to do is 40 more. If some of you would just kind of lie and say you're still a teenager, even if you have gray hair, just be a teenager. Because when they get a hundred, he's going to wear a pink shirt and a pink tie. And I'd like to be here next Sunday when it happens. Wouldn't that be something? Help the teenagers. And, and I believe we could go 125. Then he has to wear a pink bow in his hair. Well, by the time I come again, he might not have any hair. It's getting less and less and less. And if we want him to have a pink bow in his hair, we better do it by next Sunday, right? And uh, I just need you to help. Come on now. Come on now. You can do it. And uh, just say, you know, make up some excuse about your age. And just to get in there, we've got to fix the preacher up, don't we? I love it. I like coming here. I met somebody this morning. I wish I knew their name, but honestly, forgive Judy and me. As long as I've known Brother Bryant, it's still Brother Bryant and Sister Bryant. It's still Brother Randy and Sister Randy. I, I just can't remember everybody's name. So I just, always when I pastored those country people, it was always Brother Ron and Sister Ron. They would always call Miss Judy Sister Ron. So I just thought, well, that's an easy way to get it. Now, I do know Gloria. She's the one that gets in trouble so much. And I'm just kidding you. How good to be with you all this week. And uh, next Sunday as well. This is the only eight-day meeting we take in uh, any two-year period. We just don't do it. We spend about 270 to 300 days a year on the road, Judy and me, and we keep a-traveling. And uh, we have so many prisoners to win. I don't know if you know this or not, but the prisons here in America are gaining uh, men, men, women, and teenagers coming in by 900 a week. 900 a week. I've got the figures right here from the federal government. 900 a week. Right now there's around 2.4 million people in prison and jail in America. That's more than any other country, more than Russia, more than China, it's more than anybody to have that many of our citizens in prison. And so there's a tremendous need, how we need help, not only to win them to the Lord, but to love them and go back and disciple them for Jesus' sake, spend time with them. What a great need. And the young people, Boy, oh boy, I was so glad to see them this morning. I'll tell you this, I told them this. This is about our 30th year for the prison ministry, about the 30th right now. And in all those 30 years, I never met a criminal that said, 
I was in Sunday school, and I was in church. Never. I've never met a criminal that said I was in Sunday school. And I've never met a criminal that said they arrested me as I came out of church Sunday morning. Never. They've been arrested coming from their girlfriend's house, which was a good thing because their wife was looking for them too. And instead of time, they've been doing death. Amen. She had fire in her eyes. Uh, they got they got arrested as they came out of the crack house. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Got arrested as they left the gambling joint, the pawn shop, the bar. That's right, Jose. But never out of church. I told the teens, stay in church. Stay in Sunday school. Nod your head up and down. I'm right. Nod your head up and down. You're supposed to nod it up and down. Yeah, because I'm right, see. And uh, Sunday school and church. And I like this church because you make it a good time. I always had a good time in our Sunday school. We always did. I never will forget the day we slew Goliath cut his head smack off and held it up and it was bleeding everywhere and it was wonderful just wonderful girls screamed you're bringing a cow I brought a cow and uh, it was an old Guernsey uh, just a little brown cow you could lean on it like this just a little brown cow in fact it came off of Noah's Ark that's how old it was. And we had a contest. The wives of all the bus drivers had to milk. Now, most of our ladies never milked in their life. We had a stool and a bucket, and they had to sit down. And how many of you kids know you just don't walk up and put a quarter in his ear and say, give me a half pint. I remember a lady named Glenda, she reached under there, first time she ever touched a cow, and she took hold of the faucet where the milk comes out and screamed and threw herself backwards. And the old cow, it didn't know what to do. It hadn't heard anybody scream like that in its ear or its tail either for a long time. Uh, we had the best time. And one dear elderly lady, she's in heaven today. She and her husband, he's still running the bus route. She went on to be with God. And, of course, she had milked. And, buddy, she went to work on that old Guernsey. And that Guernsey could tell, ah, this gal knows what she's doing. And she opened the refrigerator and poured it out just like she enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, if you're having a cow, you can have a lot of fun. Wouldn't it be good for Sister Andy to have to milk? That'd be something. I, not you, Miss Frazier. You've milked before, I can tell. But it'd be good. And uh, 
See, I like coming here because of those things. I pray God will give us that revival we want. If you look in the Bible this morning, here's where I'd like to start. In Psalm 121, the book of Psalms over in the Old Testament, Psalm 121. Psalms is about the middle of the Old Testament. And uh, you can find it that way if you just find your Old Testament open at about the middle. And Psalm 121. And for right now, I'm just going to read two verses to you and show you what's on my heart. And then when we start into the message, we'll come back to 121 and read a little further. Thank you for inviting us, Brother Mickey. Thank you, Brother Mickey and Miss Joanne are always so kind to us. I'm telling you, they're always so kind to us. And we want to say thank you. Let's pray one more time. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, me and Judy. Thank you for the morning. Thank you for the precious teenagers, 60 of them in Sunday school. Thank you. Now, Lord, we can't do anything without God, the Holy Spirit. So please, precious Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, do a work in our heart, please. In his name we pray. Amen. Look at verse 1 and 2, and you'll see my text this morning. Psalm 121, verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Notice the two little words in verse 1, my help, and in verse 2, my help, my help. You know that word help, we're hearing it a great deal today on the television, and we've heard it for the past few weeks, haven't we? Help, help, give to the Red Cross. Give to the Salvation Army, the people in Louisiana and South Mississippi, right on the, on the Gulf, are crying for help. And after a while, sometimes our ears get dull of hearing about that kind of thing. But I want you to see when you add that little two-letter word, my, the word help takes on an entirely different meaning. When it's my help, where is my help? Ron Garris needs help. Where is my help? My help. I haven't been with you folks, and Brother uh, Mickey doesn't ever speak about you folks, except that he loves you and you're doing well. And of course, there's a few of you. I always ask about, but but I don't know anything about your lives or what's going on. And I was going in a different direction, to tell you the truth, all day yesterday. But this morning, the Lord turned my heart and said, there's going to be people there that need to know where their help is. My help. 
I'll tell you why Judy and I, I'll tell you where I first preached the message. Judy and I were in the country of Lithuania and Latvia. The two countries are just south of Estonia and they are uh, on the western border of Russia, right on the Baltic Sea. They're called the Baltic States. They were they were under Germany, under Nazis, uh, during World War II. They suffered greatly. Then when the Russians took, they took it back, they suffered under communism for many decades. And now, finally, they're free. Their country is poor. Their prisons are even poorer. And Judy and I, with another group of team, with a team of men, we're in their youthful offenders prison, which is people about 11 till about 16 years of age. It was in the fall of the year, about like now, maybe a little bit later. It was already cold over there. We were all bundled up. I had on a vest plus this coat plus my top coat. And inside the prison, it was about as cold as it was outside. They don't have any heat in the prison, and if it's uh, if it's below zero, it'll be about five above in the prison where the boys live. When they opened the doors and the boys came down, the fortunate ones had a long sleeve shirt. A few had a light jacket. Nearly all of them just had like shower shoes where you put that thing between your toes. No socks. And here it is, we're already bundled up. And it certainly isn't nowhere near zero outside. It's just a cold, fall, rainy, windy day. And there they are. Judy and I looked at them and I leaned over and said to her, we're going to buy every boy in here a pair of socks and the officers too. And she said, okay. And we did that. Bought every boy a pair of wool socks and the officers as well. When I got up to preach, I looked at them. Can I tell you, they stared at me because we're from America. We represent the wealth of the world. We represent more than enough of everything. That's what we looked like to them. Without a doubt, me and Judy were the fattest people in there. Can I tell you that? Right? We were. And boy, I said, Lord, I gotta have something. And these two little words came to my heart. My help. And I got up and said to the boys, of course, through an interpreter, fellas, I don't want you to look to America. And I don't want you to look to me and Judy. Many of the boys had a little gauze patch about like that, about like that, taped on their neck, on their elbow, uh, right here in their hairline. They had boils. And those boils had to be lanced. And when they lanced them, then they put that little piece of gauze and tape it on there. And the lady over them said to me, 
I know you're going to buy him socks, and, and we need that. But when you get back to America, would you send as many vitamins as you could? You see all the little white patches? I said, yes. She said, they're because their boils have been lanced. We don't have decent food for them. So they break out into boils. But if we could give them vitamins every day, that would help them. I assured her that we would help with vitamins, those boys. I'm trying to tell you what they looked like and how much help they needed and how I'm sure many of them came out just because the Americans were here and maybe the Americans would do something for them. I tried to tell him that day, Randy, please don't look at us. We do have plenty, and we will do what we can. But there's someone else that has the help you need. And I kept hearing about help, help, help these last two weeks. And I got this message back out that I preached to them boys and said, I'm going to do it again. I don't know, you probably, you're not like them guys out on the street that had the signs. It used to say, we'll, we'll work for food. Now, now Brother uh, Bryant told me it says, Louisiana flood victim, help. Isn't that amazing they got all the way over here? Huh? And it's the same guys that used to would work for food. You know, that's bad luck go all the way to New Orleans and get in America's worst hurricane and then hurry back to Dallas. That's really moving out, ain't it? I, I just, I didn't, you know, I, I, they want help, don't they? They just want to skim us off, don't they? But you know, I'm persuaded there are people here this morning that need help. Maybe not the kind that the boys needed or even the kind that one of our missionaries lost their house in Mississippi due to the hurricane and that they needed help. But some type of help is needed. I'd like you to come to the Bible with me this morning and let me show you where help can be found. I, I'm trying to get there. It won't take me long when I get there. But me, I just ain't in no hurry. I've been geared low. Remember my 68 International truck? It had a granny gear. Actually, it was a Judy gear. It was way up here. And when you put old frog in Judy gear, it moved at the same speed that Judy did. Even she could have walked alongside of it when it was in its Judy gear. You know what I mean? Well, I'm geared kind of low myself. I understand why them people don't want to go to Philadelphia. Judy and I were in Philadelphia last week. And you know, they got ready for 5,000 people to be airlifted in there to find help. They had a huge medical team. It filled this platform 
surgeons, nurses, doctors, equipment, and they were all right there. And the plane was to arrive at 6.30. Boy, every news crew was out there. Boy, oh boy, they were going to do for these people as soon as they got off the airplane. Well, the plane didn't arrive. Well, that was kind of embarrassing. But the next day we found out why. Only 36 people would get on the airplane and leave Louisiana to come to Philadelphia. 36 people. And they wanted 5,000. And the people of Philadelphia, I'm telling you, they couldn't understand it. Why wouldn't they come? We've got all of this. Why didn't they come? I thought to myself, would you trust the government? If they said, uh, well, we're just going to put you up in Philadelphia, but we'll bring you back. <laughs> bring us back, huh? Would you trust the government? Look me in my God with an eyeball. And there's a good man in there. What in the world would you do if that old Jezebel Clinton was in there? Why, you couldn't even believe today was Sunday. You'd have to check the calendar. Say amen right there. You know that's right. Do you trust the government? That's a terrible thing to say. But do you know what those people said? They said to the folks at Philadelphia, we don't want to come up here because we never, ever will get back to Louisiana. We don't even know where it is from Philadelphia. How could we get back there? And we don't trust the government to take us. And here's stuff for 5,000 people. And here stood 36 folks. You find out if you put your trust in the government, you might get burned yourself. You put your trust in your mother-in-law, that would be bad. Amen. And the way some of you have lied and stole from your grandma, you better not trust her. She'll liable to fix you good. Uh-uh. We better find out where our help is. Ready? My help. First of all, come back to Psalm 121. My help is in the promises of God. And here's why. The God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Do you know this book existed before the world? And when there's a new heaven and a new earth, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Can I tell you, if you learn to operate in the promises of God, you will have the help you need. For God cannot fail. God will not fail. Nothing is impossible to God. And if He gives you a promise out of the Bible, boy, I proved that the very first night. I think I shout a little. The preacher showed us this verse, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Judy prayed first, 
and I lose that God had saved her and she is going to heaven and I was going to hell. And when she said, Robert, are you going to pray? I said, yeah, because I didn't want to be separated from you. And I prayed. And know what God did? He saved my soul, you outfit. That's what he did. He saved my soul. Can I tell you, we've been saved 42 years. 42 years. That ain't no record. But that's a heap longer than you've been in this whole world. 42 years ago, you were holding out, hoping they'd have loves or hugs or something by the time you got here. And you wouldn't have to put on them cloth diapers that chafed you. And, they didn't, and, and back then, and cloth diapers didn't have that thing with hugged up around your leg. Things could fall out while you were playing. And oftentimes they did, too. Say amen right there. So you refused to come to the hugs where huggies were invented or something. But some of us came out and see. And I'm telling you, in 42 years, First as a pastor, and now as the head of a mission board for 42 years. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. It ain't no time till the next time that we've got to have something from God. Not like Brother Miss Frazier taking care of those men and ladies down at the mission. I mean, the promises of God have held true. I want you to know that. Now I'll read them to you. Well, why should I read the Bible? Because your help is there. Well, I read cosmopolitan. Shame on you. That's why you hide it from your grandmother, because all that's in it is sex this, sex that, sex something else. Well, I read People magazine. That's some more puke. Say amen right there. I say you're making me mad. One thing about it, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Don't make ugly faces at me. I've been married 46 years. I know more about dirty looks than any man in the house. You ain't cranking my plow, buddy. I'm going to tell you the truth. Are you listening to me? My help. There is my help. I'm telling right now about your help. I'm wondering about my help. I found out they're in the promises of God. Look right here and I'll read it to you. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. What about that? You go to bed and sack out and sleep and snore and carry on and belch and burp and no telling what else. But God's up there awake. Looking after you. He will not slumber. Ain't that something? Look at this. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Look at this. What if you just need these uh, five words? The Lord is thy keeper. 
The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even and even and even forevermore. Well, here's my help. It's in the promises of God. You cheat yourself when you don't read your Bible. You cheat yourself when you don't open your Bible first. You do yourself wrong. No wonder you've got to pop this little pill, that little pill, here pill, there pill, there pill, pill, pill. Say amen. You have pills that have more colors than the rainbow. Some are Tuesday pills, some are Wednesday pills, some are go-to-bed pills, some are get-out-of-bed pills. Of course, you don't ever take them till noon. But anyway, I know what I am. I'm in Baptist Temple down in Fort Worth. I know you've got to crease their hides. My help. How you like them apples? Some of you always, first thing you do is bow down to the government. Oh, precious Texas. But you know that makes God angry. Others of you have a little blue cross, blue shield card. As soon as you have a little bit of sickness, you pull that card out. I'm so glad I got this blue cross. When Hillary gets in there, her name will be on it. <laughs> Can you imagine kissing that Jezebel? <laughs> First thing you ought to do when you get it, her name's on it, run through the blender. That'll help the little guy. Oh, the juicer. We have juicers in here, don't we? Yeah, we always do. Run it through the juicer like Dr. Gibbs did them. Them Milky Ways, or them Snicker Bars. The doctor said your blood pressure's high, and I don't want you to eat anything that doesn't go through that juicer. Well, two or three days, he liked to die. Pretty fine, you could put a Snicker Bar in a juicer, and said it would come out good. The doctor called and asked, "How you doing, Doctor Gibbs?" He said, "Great." How's the diet? Wonderful. Are you eating just what goes through the juicer? Yes, sir. And it was God that you put everybody ahead of him. Where is my help? Where is your help? It's in the promises of God. He'll preserve me, the Bible said. Come to your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter 11. I want to show you where else your help is. Your help, I want to show you where it is. Because <laughs> I don't want you to be disappointed, Jack. Some of you can't smile because you've been looking for help everywhere. You've been in every dumpster between here and, the, and where the preacher lives. Looking for help. You know, Bob, like me, I used to walk before daylight. One day, Judy and I went on. Holiday Hen just outside of Washington, D.C., and you know what crooks live up there. 
and I found this briefcase on the parking lot. I said, man, some guy picked up a load of dirt, dope, and left this, this briefcase, probably a million bucks in it. I snatched that thing up. I run to the holiday into Judy's room. I got inside, locked the door, put the chain on, and said, wifey, wifey, get up, get up. I found this briefcase on the parking lot in the dark. I know it's got a million dollars. We need a million dollars at the Rock of Ages, and it's in here. She sat up and said, it's probably a bomb. <laughs> I said, it ain't no bomb. It's an answer to prayer. It ain't no bomb. But I was kind of nervous about snapping them little things. Imagine your wife fixing you up like that. It's a bomb. <laughs> Opened the thing up. It was empty as all get out, except for a broken pencil. Somebody snapped a pencil in half and left that briefcase out on the road. Boy, I was so disappointed. I took it down to the desk. I said, I find us in the parking lot. And she said, what do you think it is? I said, a bomb. <laughs> Laid it up there and walked off. That girl's eyes got that big around. I don't know what she did. I went on back to the room. Back to old Grouchy, you know. Went back to live with Judy some more. A bomb. A dope. See? It's easy to preach to you. It's just hard to live it. <laughs> Did you find Mark 11? I'm ready to read some. You ain't there yet. You better hurry up and get there. In Mark chapter 11. Oh, I got Mark 14. No wonder I can't find it. Mark 11. Fussing it's you and guilty myself. Look in verse 17. Listen to what Jesus said. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? Where is your help? It's in the church. I know you can pray at your house. I know you can. Don't tell me you can't. I know you can. But there ain't nothing like coming to the church and telling Brother Mickey and getting the church to pray for you and you and yourself get to the altar instead of letting your mind think about what you're going to eat when you get to the cafeteria. So wonder God don't give you the bellyache. You never pay attention to the invitation. You're always thinking about getting out and getting in line and what all you're going to get. But you know where we belong? At the altar. My help. Where is it? My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And you know we've got a lot of different nations in here today. Praise the Lord. And you're in the right place. You say, but I can't speak English. No, but God will speak your language. Sure He can. Yeah, He can understand you. And you can come right down here. This ain't no Catholic church. You don't have to go through Mickey 
You go through the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to tell us what you did last night. Unless you want to. No, we don't want to hear, do we, Doug Holler? No, I took one look at Joanne. We don't want to hear, do we? She and Judy were looking the same right there. We don't want to hear! Just get on the altar and tell Jesus. It's the house of prayer. First thing you do when you have troubles, get mad at God and stay home. And watch TV. And operate the clicker. And when your wife wants the clicker, you won't give it to her. You hide it down beside your chair in the pillow. You go to the bathroom, you take it along with you so she can't change the channel. Okay, ladies, raise your hand. You know I'm preaching the truth. Yes, sir. We always want to lay out of church. I'll show God. I won't go to church today. Can I just say something? Dumb, dumb, dumb. You are dumb. I know your mother never told you, but I feel led. Your mother drops you on your head and you use a baby and forgot to write it in the baby book. Where's the first place you ought to go? You ought to head to church. Where is my help? My help is with the Lord. Brother Buchanan, a great preacher over in Baton Rouge, had a missionary down in New Orleans, and all he had coming was poor folk uh, out of those poor housing and, and Spanish people and so forth. There wasn't nobody that had any money, but Brother Buchanan and other churches just kept sending support. He stayed there. They finally got their building. And listen to this, right where that dike broke, the church is right there. And it's on the only dry piece of land there is. You know what God was saying? He's saying, hey, Louisiana, I know what you need. You need my house of prayer. And did I take care of it? Now be there Sunday. You explain that. When a dike brain bursts, goes it, but the church is dry. Wasn't blown away, wasn't flooded out, and it's an old building. You know how them people can't afford too much? But God, you know what he's saying? You know what he's saying to you today, ma'am? You're in the right place. Some of you spent the week trying to look for help among men. You called and called until you have a can of flowers, uh, or you call it cauliflower ear, and you didn't find it. But you can this morning. Number three, and I'll just tell you this one, you won't have to turn. David said it. My help cometh from the Lord. You remember man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves? And they stripped him. They took his money and they left him half dead. 
down come a priest which represents religion and he passed by on the other side. That down come a Levite and he represented works and he passed by on the other side. He couldn't help them, those two. And then there came a lowly Samaritan. And a Samaritan was hated by the Jews. We call him the Good Samaritan. And there's none good but one, that's God. So it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did he do? He went right over, poured in oil and wine, dressed his wounds, put him on his own donkey, and took him to an inn and paid for the bill. <laughs> Where is my help? Well, if you just cry out like that man did, Jesus would come by you. Instead of that, you sit there with your uh, perfume on and your aftersleeve. And you don't need anything, so you don't get anything. You don't get anything. You should start crying out. Oh God, what am I going to do with these teenagers? What am I going to do with this daughter? What am I going to do with this son? What am I going to do? You ought to start crying out so that Jesus would help you. Well, is your help. And I guess I better close. Lastly, I'll say to you, your help is in waiting on God. Waiting on Him. He don't always jump when you want Him. He don't always come right at that moment. Amen. Is that right, Brother Nicky? He just don't. But He knows what He's doing. He was close enough when Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And God reached out and took him by the hand. God wasn't late. God wasn't too far off. He did it. Now I want to say to you today, your help is in waiting on the Lord. Wait. Wait on Him. Make your requests known unto Him with thanksgiving. And then just wait. Don't get all nervous up and go buy another bottle of pills. And take a half a bottle just to steady it down. Don't do that. Wait patiently on the Lord. What did he say? I'll never fail thee, nor forsake thee. Oh, that's what he said. Not believing. I will never fail thee, nor forsake thee. Where is my help? You remember David? David was the man who killed the giant. Giant killers don't need help, do they? Yes. David was a giant killer. But he opened Psalm 121 saying, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh 
from the Lord. That's where your help is this morning. Marriage problems, indebtedness, no job, no groceries this week, on and on and on. My help. My help. My help. I'll just give you an example. Our little boy wanted to go to kindergarten. Actually, his mother wanted him to go till the day he went. Then she cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. But he had to have a new pair of shoes, his mother said, to go. He, he couldn't go with them old shoes. He had to have a new pair of shoes. Well, he pretty soon caught on. No new shoes, no going to kindergarten. So we all three prayed and asked for the shoes. And you know what the Lord did? He let me have an accident, and it didn't hardly scratch my little, my little Mustang. It didn't hardly do anything. But the insurance company paid me. And Mark or Scott got his new pair of shoes. He learned something. Your children need to learn too. We're not going to raise a generation of people that look everywhere except and in the Bible. We better get with it, Mom and Dad. Are you ready this morning? Are you just going to stay in that pew and act like, I don't need anything? I can lick this liquor habit. You ain't licked it yet. I don't have to do drugs. I just do drugs because I enjoy it. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. Why would you take that crystal meth and rot your teeth right out of your mouth? I think you need help. And I tried to tell you where you can find it today. If you're here and you're lost, come on. Come on, get saved. Come go to heaven with <laughs> If God can save Judy as mean as she was, God can save anybody. Y'all remember how mean she was, don't you? I love you this morning. I'm so glad to point you to where your help is. Are you ready? Let's stand and we'll pray. Heavenly Father.